The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. <laughs> it would figure that that um I think we'd be on time and then we won't be on time and just who knows. <laughs> Uh, you got okay. Coffee is ready. Uh, you're coming. You're almost there. Yeah, you're getting close. Hey, how much is that limiter hitting? Can you see it? Can you see it while uh, I talk? Is it is it doing anything? Yeah. Do you? Oh yeah. How much does it look like? One, two, check. Hi. Okay, this is okay. Other times, not so much. That's okay. So a moderate amount. A moderate amount. Fair enough. Can't see the numbers, but I might. Speculation <laughs> is. <laughs> Probably yeah. like six dB. Six dB. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, right. So, where are we going? Uh, your story of things. <clears throat> oh yeah, last night. Okay. So, uh, this is this is probably one of my most successful clients, and I'd be surprised if if too many people in the city have heard of her. Um, but she's a, she's a gospel blues singer. Um, her band is apparently really good, but I've not worked with her band. Um, I recorded, I, I didn't even record her. She recorded at a studio down in Nashville, the same studio that did Garth Brooks's first record at the end of the eighties, early nineties. Okay. Um, so she she went down there to record her second record. Um, then they hired a whole bunch of Nashville players and and all the most of the players were really good. Not all the players were really good. One song even had the drummer belched right oh. into the there's right into the uh yeah. And there's they, some professional they, session players for you. They kept it. <laughs> it made it to the track. I spent I spent 15 minutes trying to find it. In the song, it probably wasn't 15 minutes. It was probably like three, but, um, but regardless, you went through all the tracks trying to find I did. what one or what microphones had it the most. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was the overheads and the drums. I ended up leaving it because. How do you fix that when it's in the overheads? Yeah. Well, that, that was like the only thing I could do was, was replace the whole drum take with another part of the same, like he'd play in the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, that, that's not part of the story. So three years later here, it is three years later now, um, she comes to me. She's, she's been trying to get, I'm going to move the microphone here because I'm that guy. Here we go. Hope that's not too noisy for people. Now just belch in the microphone. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, she, I feel like I'm creaking. 
I don't know, something's wrong. I don't feel right. <laughs> the new, it's the different microphones, man. Different microphones, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sure that's it. Yeah. So, okay. So three years later, she's come to me and she wants to take the instrumentals. That's what it is. That's Better. what it was. Now yeah. that you have the wedge out. The wedges are gone. Not creaking anymore. That's gonna it's gonna drive me nuts, man. It's like it's like that I have those those um Blackberry uh wall chargers. Yep. And the transformers squeal. The transformers squeal, and if you're in the exact right spots in the room, you can hear them clearly. Like where I am. Like where you are right now. <laughs> you're not hearing them right now, right? No. No, okay. No, it'll annoy me when I do hear them. Is there still the iPhone one in, in the wall? Yes. Okay. So, <clears throat> so last night, I got together with this lady, three years after we finished her record, um, and she wants, she wants instrumental versions of the songs because she's legit. She's heading to Africa for a tour, then she's heading to South America after that for a tour, and then back uh, into Canada and... She plays, she claims, and I believe her because that this is her full-time gig. She plays 300 shows a year. That's impressive. Yes. Especially doing gospel country. Um, she's doing really well. Well, that's impressive for music in general. That's. Yeah, I suppose, right? Yeah, 300 shows a year. Now she's, because she does the gospel thing, her show schedules are, what did she say? She usually does a Friday night, two on Saturday, and two or three on Sundays. It kind of makes sense with right? the whole gospel thing. It it would seem that her weekends would be the the busy time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to mention what I was just going to say. <laughs> I was going to say some offhand the thing that reflects my experience with churches, but... I happen to love churches. I think they're a wonderful place to record in. Yes. And I will happily... Um, did, did we talk about the the, uh, the choir recording on the podcast already? Uh, choir not recording we didn't. sure. I, I, I imagine I we know you were happy with them. Would have been... Yeah, well, they, they, turned it out, they turned it out pretty good. The choir was just okay. Um, in fact, uh, someone with an association to sleeping in traffic... Is in the choir. Um, uh, anyway, the, the the choir was pretty good. The room was amazing, and I want to go back and record that organ because it is humongous and one hundred percent levers and valves and ooh yeah, like there isn't there isn't a digital or electronic component in the entire thing. I I, I just think that would be fun to like actually record a real organ, like <clears throat> how. Tammy Joe, Tammy Joe is the, uh, is the choir director. And as she's showing me around the place, she, I make mention of the, of the organ because it looks humongous to begin with. And, and she, Jesus, I could stop hitting this thing. (laughs) So she, she takes me over to the choir or to the, to the organ and she starts playing things. And then she starts, she starts showing me some of the cooler things that you can do because it's not electronic. Like, only slightly open some of the valves and, and get some airflow, but not enough airflow to create notes, but airflow to create like creepy sounds. And, and it was just like, 
Oh, dude, it was, it was, <clears throat> you would have days of fun just learning new things or experimenting on that. I can't wait to convince a band that that's where we need to go to record something. It's going to be so much fun. Man, you make me want to go in there and just like play to make noises and record it all. Yeah. So that I have noises. Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> they, they rent out, they rent out the church itself. I think it's like two fifty. I mean, you have to verify with the church, right? But I think it's like two fifty for a four hour evening. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, and then of course they're like the, the, the building is, it's not open, open, but it's available for rent for, you know, morning, afternoon, evening. Um, right. Yeah. And, and four hours was plenty for us to, to do a setup, get the choir in, record yeah. the choir for an hour and then tear down. Right. Well, regardless, you yeah. were, you were talking before I interrupted Different. you with <clears throat> my implications as to <laughs> people who work for or for churches. So, um, so right back to the, the this lady coming in with the wanting uh, something done with instrumentals. The way she described it before we got together, um, and we'd been in talks about this for about a year, but she never really had time to make it happen. She was having trouble knowing where to come in in songs. That's how she described it, and I totally I totally get that. In, in the studio, we have, we can have a, a, a light metronome going on in the background to help people mm-hmm. count and stay in time. And, um, and with these songs, you know, there were definitely a couple songs where, where there was no sense of time from the, you know, a, a, a held note to where it comes back in, or maybe it's a, you know, there were a couple songs where there was just like, there's added beats in there. It just, but it, so it, it would have made sense to, to work those out. Wait, so, oh, sorry. Um, they have a couple bars where there's an added beat. Or? There was one song off her first record, and we we addressed twenty seven songs last night. Yeah, yeah. So we the her first and her second record. Um, there was one song off the first record that had at the end of choruses and. I didn't spend enough time. So it seemed like it was randomly throughout the rest of the song. There would be a random five, four bar. Huh? Yeah. And, and, and not only was it a five, four bar, but there'd be a slight retard on the last three notes of that five, four bar. And then back into regular time. It was just so weird and awkward to try to time. Anyway, I think there, there's there's nothing I can do to help her with that other than, you know, tell her you need to practice this. Anyway, so I mean that's a weird meter, and then just in country, like that's well, it's 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 country yeah. not doing four four is weird. But country country also does like one of one of the songs one of the songs on that um, on that first record was a nine eight shuffle. Huh. Yeah, and I mean, they're probably counting it one, two, three, one, two, but it's got that one and a two and a three and a one and a two, and I count that as a nine eight, you know. Um, yeah, it's just a. I mean, I'm I'm probably wrong as any as mm. ever, but 
But it was it depends like, on what the pulse is. If the pulse is the eight, then you're not wrong. The pulse is probably is is, is probably the the. the Although the, the, the if you're counting nine, then it, it sounds like it's a three against nine. Three rhythm. against eight. Rhythm. Three against eight or three against four rhythm, like it's a one and a two and a three and that's where the pulse is. One and a two and a three and a... yeah. So I mean that that's, oh, that's... I'm, I'm counting a no. A, it would be a nine against three. What I'm it counting can't be a nine that. against three. Again, the divisions are the, the, like the You're counting three between the three. Okay, are you are you talking are you talking like a time signature? Yes. Nine over three. Yes. No, that 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 doesn't work. No, no, you you can't have third notes. There isn't such thing as a third note. You can have quarter notes. No, you can I'm have counting triplets between. Right, and that's that that still times out. That still times out as as nine over eight, because <clears throat> it's nine eighth notes in a bar. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm I know. saying three against nine. So there is a bar of three at the same time as a bar of nine. I'm not. I, I I'm I'm so confused as how that would be written, like. It like, is a thing. Really? Yes. God, that, I don't. Uh, <laughs> you know what? As, the, the moment I think of myself as someone who understands prog, you hit me with something like this, and I'm like, I'm clearly not not educated <laughs> enough. <laughs> I've uh, never, a, I've never seen that. I think it's called a polyrhythm. So, yeah, but no, but a, but a, a polyrhythm is two different is two different meters that that uh that line up at certain at certain points oh no then it's polymeter then i'm thinking of polymeters okay so where you have two time signatures going on at in the same bar right yeah i love that, the polyrhythm stuff but i've i've the yeah. polymeter thing i don't think i don't think but, i would listen to more than for like the occasional wow that was amazing i don't ever want to hear it again Type of thing. Uh, it's when you actually hear it, it's kind of interesting. It, it's got that African weird time thing. Mm. Yeah. That does sound like weird time thing. Yeah. It, well, it is a weird time thing. And the most <laughs> common version of it, though, is four against three or three against four, however you want to say it. Yeah. Where you have three notes opposed to four notes on top of one another. I once did um, like an intro verse section of a song where we did a, a six eight over a six four. No, how did that work? No, the three four the drums were the drums were playing three four. The bass was playing. Uh, no, it's just a bunch of polyrhythm stuff. Never mind three different rhythms going on between the drums, the bass and the guitar. And they would line up every X every amount of bars, 16 bars. Yeah. As they would do the cycle. That stuff's be, interesting. Yeah. And it was, it, it was, it was nice and nice and simple. So the, like if, if you weren't listening for it, you wouldn't really know because it, it all flowed together really well. Um, and it was kind of droney anyway, right there. There was, there was a lot of atonal stuff in there, but, um, uh, but it was, it was cool. 
back when I didn't mind having minute and a half intros. I currently write intros that are like three minutes, so <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and that's fair. But you don't work with a ton of clients that are looking for radio pop. I don't usually, think I've ever worked with a client that wanted radio pop. Usually my first question when I talk to clients is, is are you guys opening to open to the idea of shortening your intro? <laughs> and they always ask why. Although some just too long. Yeah. Yeah. Engine spans are like two seconds. You need to get to the hook real as quick as possible, generally. One of my one of the favorite songs I've ever I've ever produced out of here. Um I know we're totally tangenting. Like I haven't even gotten close to the point of my story from the beginning, but one of the favorite songs I ever I ever produced here, um, the band actually let me take a scalpel to anything I wanted to change in the song. And they just, uh, as the, as they started getting more and more comfortable with the ideas that were being thrown at them on how to rewrite their song, they just kept getting more and more excited because it went from a seven and a half minute ballad to just shy of five minutes. Five minute ballads. For a ballad, that's not bad. No. And, and, and I mean, it, it, it wasn't, it, it was, they thought of it as a power ballad, but it was more like a, more like a, like a nineties anthem ballad rather than a. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, great song. <clears throat> Mostly. <laughs> I, I won't get lyrically into to it too much, but they, uh, I, I cut out, I cut out a minute out of the intro. I cut out every other bit of instrumental except for the lead break. Um, and then I turned their third verse into a bridge and we threw out all of the normal instruments and, and, um, played, a the rhythm, the rhythm in the bridge was played on a, a snare drum with a 12 inch splash set on the snare drum. And then the drummer played the splash and it was just this kind of percussive, but resonant tone and then doubled that on the ride um, to give it this kind of almost chorus feel. It just, it was super sexy. Hmm. And it was uh, drummer Jeff, Jeff Hicks. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a cool, intricate, but funky rhythm that he was playing on it. It was just awesome. I loved it. Wow. Every time, every time I do those kind of things to him, like we're going to put this, this, this symbol on top of your snare drum and you're going to play that. And he's like, why, <laughs> why the snare drum? That's a symbol. Why are you putting them together? <laughs> and then he plays it and he's like, that was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have ever thought of that. Dude, I saw it. I saw it in a, um, in a video uh, one of those, one of those recording the band um, in the studio videos that they did it. Like the the point of the video was 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 set up for some tech company, um, and they brought a band in to record, and they had a name producer. I think it might have been like Fab Dupont um, or something. And yeah, but that was the the point of the video was to show off the tech, 
but this is one of the cool things that the drummer did with with his snare drum and he played the whole song like that it was interesting and so i wanted to try it i don't even remember who the band was or who the tech company was but i do remember that (laughs) because you're watching for those interesting things yeah well um, those are i definitely notice it like watching a documentary of like recording with mary I'm not paying attention to what's going on in the documentary. I'm looking at all the things that they're doing. Like, oh, that's an interesting mic technique. Oh, they're doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and, and those are the, those are the things that, those are the things that are, you know, like the music, so much music this, these days just isn't all that interesting. I mean, that's fair right there, there, and, and there, there's a lot that is yeah but so much so much more is just not interesting or not new and so that's probably because of how low the bar of entry is for music these days where like everyone is doing I music oh man have you heard a lot of the stuff that came out of the 80s it is fantastically dumb right like <laughs> Well, I've I've heard plenty that has come out of the eighties, and I I love it because of how bad it is. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so when you when you watch those things, it's not about for me. It's not about the band. It's never about the band. It's it's about you know who's actually doing something that's interesting, and that could be a member of the band. That could be the song. Um, that could be you know, the producer who's clearly not paying attention and he's rolling a joint, <laughs> you, know, you know, but you're looking for something, someone that's doing something interesting. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Okay. Um, tangented. Yes. She's Back touring. To- you're trying to figure out the time. And then I interrupted so with she's- my weird theory talk that confused the <laughs> hell out of you. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was all your fault. Of course. Um, Okay, uh, where was I in the story? She has a hard time knowing when to c- come in because there's like weird five count bars. Right, right. So, okay, weird five count bars. Strange. Yes. Anyway, so what you don't like the way I phrase that either? <clears throat> no, no, no. I had to. I had to catch up with with where it is. Okay. I I struggle so much with memory recall because my brain files things based on based on here. No. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Some people would say yes. <laughs> um but on a particular deal detail that it latches onto and that okay. clearly wasn't the specific detail. I had to work myself to it. Okay. So so she's um she's got this uh the five, the five, four song, uh, really, I just had to tell her, like, you need to learn it. Like, you need to practice it. And if you don't do a it, metronome, well, that's the thing is not all of them are two metronomes. And, and there were definitely some of the ones that were recorded down in Nashville. The band didn't play to a metronome at all. They had really good time and there was nothing like there was nothing wrong with their time. They didn't have speed ups or lags. It was all very, very natural and um well played but 
obvious still not to mention them. Okay. Anyway, so, so, um, with, with, once I started identifying that she isn't, have you ever, have you ever run across this with singers? I don't run across it with a lot of singers. Um, but there's definitely a few and, uh, some guitar players too, that they're not listening to the song. They're listening to just bits and pieces and they kind of, they kind of feel the rest of the song, but they don't pay attention enough to, to be able to yep. adapt if something goes wrong. Right. Yep. Anyway, I've, so she's I've encountered that. She I've was one of, like she that. was one of these singers. So, uh, and once, once we identified it, she even mentioned that, yeah, I, uh, she pays attention to melodies and she pays attention to the higher instruments or the higher pitched instruments, like, like the piano and the, and the, um, uh, the, she's got a flute in the band, uh, lead guitar, obviously she doesn't pay attention to the rhythm elements or the beat or any of that kind of stuff. She feels that, but she doesn't pay attention to it anyway. So I, I made one simple comment and this is essentially, this is what she's paying me for. I made one simple comment that was when you get to a part that you're not singing in, listen to the bass guitar. And then if there's drums, listen to the drums. Don't listen to anything else. Those rock solid instruments will guide you through to the next part and you'll know where you are in the song. And I, I shit you not. It was, it was like I turned on the lights for her and suddenly she wasn't blind anymore. <laughs> there's other instruments to listen to. Well, and, and, and that was the thing is, is, is she just, no one, no one had ever sat down and, and, and made that connection for her. Uh, right. You know, no, no, no one in her own band. And I mean, she knows her own band super well. Yeah. Um, and so she never had a problem with, with them or how they did the work. Right. Anyway. So. But yeah. She's trying to learn this because she might not have her band on tour. Yeah. So she can't afford to take her band to the African or the, or the South American tour. Okay. And so they're providing, the tour company is providing a band in, in, in most places in Africa, but she needs to be prepared for some regions of Africa. She's, she suspects that she's not going to have a backup band. Okay. And, uh, and then she doesn't really know, about the South America um, side of the tour. And so she just doesn't know if she's even going to have a band, if it's just going to be her, you know, they know she have to have the backing tracks. Right. And she just wanted to be prepared because there's some, there's some versions of the songs that the studio down in Nashville, which is very much a country studio, they honky tonked instead of bluesified. I don't know, whatever term I should be using, but, um, and so she doesn't even listen to, to some of those, some of those recordings, um, because that's not how her band plays them, and she doesn't like them. How many fights can you have with a, with a producer, right? Uh, I would argue that he technically works for you, right? But when, when he is, he's he's the first producer that 
uh, he, he was the producer on the first Garth Brooks record, the one, the, the, the breakout record and several, like his, his catalog, <clears throat> his catalog legitimately is, is hit after hit after hit after hit That's in, in, in country fair, music. But at the end of the day, he works for you and he should be, you would think so, right? Helping you go where you want to go. But he just had decided, and this is one of the, I think this is one of the many reasons why she won't go back to work with him ever again. Because his prices, like, I can't beat his prices. Um, seven days in the studio, including all the Nashville players to play 12 songs. Excuse me. Take a stab at that price, including the mix in those seven days. I need a 30,000. I can't even come close to his prices. I can't even come close to his prices, including all the players. And that's what I'm thinking is like 20 to $30,000. Go the other direction. Down? Yeah. 3500 for the week, including all the players, the week's worth of studio time, and the mix. I guess cost of living is cheaper in the States. So and they were getting that has something to do with it. They were getting the musicians and I, uh, they, they definitely weren't like a class musicians or, you know, like the best musicians there, but they were getting the musicians for seven or for $150 a day per, per musician. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, here in Edmonton, I don't think you could get a musician for less than two hundred. If you want someone who's gonna for, for a day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for a week, it, it would cost you uh, like a thousand dollars for one player. Well, and and, and so do most a full of the, band that would be most of thousand dollars. Most musicians that I've that I've talked to, um, and most of the musicians that I work with want per, a per song rate instead of a per day rate. Really? Yeah. Uh, some guys, some guys talk about per hour, um, and which would naturally lead to a per day rate. But, um, yeah, most most of the most of the quote unquote professionals that I've worked with, music mm-hmm. like musicians, they're they're per song per track. Huh. Yeah. He, I've I've even talked with one guy um, that does a does a lot of work in country music, and he's a buck fifty for the first instrument. And if it's on the same song, uh, $50 per extra instrument, but then it starts over again on the next song. Okay. So 150 for just a single instrument for, yeah, for, for, for like electric guitar. And then if you want, if you want uh, an acoustic team to play an acoustic guitar, it kind of already 50. knows the song. So another 50, what if they want two parts of electric guitar? I think that might be, I think that might be like a second instrument, right? Okay. You know, if, if you're doing a rhythm guitar and then a lead guitar, you know, that's two instruments. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Kind of, I guess. But uh, at the same time, I, I mean, work with a guy like, like, like Stan Gallant and, um, he'll come in and he'll spend four hours working on the same song, playing whatever you want him to play for, for 150 bucks. Right. Uh. No, and, I mean, it was and, like 200 bucks though. Tire guy to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
I don't remember where I got that quote from, but maybe I just it came up in my head and I thought that that was a fair price for a musician. Or... Well, that makes sense. I mean, like, like, I, musicians should be should be in the depending on their their chops, like they should be around you know plus or minus the fifty dollar an hour range. Us as engineers, that's generally what we're charging, yeah. not necessarily what we're getting, getting, but that's what we're charging. Yeah, I do. I just like that conversation because I constantly have that conversation when I'm asked like what my recording rates are, and I have to mm. tell them it's fifty dollars an hour, and it's like, oh, that's way too much. You don't deserve to make fifty dollars an hour, and I have to explain to them I'm charging fifty dollars an hour. I'm not making fifty dollars an hour. Yeah, well. It, <clears throat> it, with something like that, I mean, you just have to take take it to the next step. And let's have this conversation because I've been I've been toying with this idea, and you talk with a lot more people that are that are um, unhappy with the fifty dollar an hour price. I don't end up actually talking to those people because they get filtered out through whatever advertising or my website that that has my sixty dollar an hour price on it. Yeah. Right? So I've been toying with the idea of, of doing the more old school thing where I split up the cost for the engineer versus the cost for the studio. And then I have, here's the cost of the studio and whoever wants to rent the studio, this is what it costs. And, and then if you want us to provide an engineer yourself, for example, or myself or Roland or Patty or Tyson or whomever, then they have their costs and here's their cost. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I've, I've always wanted to steer away from that because then it's, then you have to do twice the math. Right. But, but at the same time, I'm, I'm hitting, I'm running into more of those, more of those guys like you are, I guess that aren't calling me because it's $60 an hour. It's not the end of the world. Right. I don't think you want to necessarily work with those people, at least from my experience of talking with them. It's just like, okay, well, these are my yeah. prices. If you don't want to work with me, chances are you're going to be a pain in my ass. Do you, do you then, when people tell you that $50 an hour is too high or that you're not worth $50 an hour, which is the dumbest statement, like that you say, like those words coming out of your mouth, telling that story, I wanted to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> like that was, that was my only reaction. It passed pretty quickly, but yeah. so, so would you, would you, no, no, sorry. Do you say to those guys that sure, that sounds like a lot, but I'm also covering your studio time with that? Well, I, occasionally, depending on how they word it, uh, word their, um, disaster dissatisfaction of right. my prices. Okay. Is like, I mean, sometimes you, they word it in a way where it's like, no matter what, you're not going to hire me. So I'm not going to respond. So, Fair enough. you know, those people, it's just like, whatever, you're not going to hire me anyway, yeah. because whatever. But those people who are like generally curious and going like, why are your prices so high? Then it's like, I have that conversation of like, look, this is what it costs for a room. Mm -hmm. All you're paying me is about $15 an hour. That's what I make. Right. So have you, have you thought about then about 
then saying like then splitting your your costs up or your your advertised price up is this is the price for the engineering this is the you know and then, and then it plus whatever room we need to be at right uh or I maybe out of it it's just really difficult to advertise it where it's like this is my engineering cost this is because it, it gets really weird when I'm pretty much saying like I do the bulk of my recording at two bodies of water, despite the fact that nobody really ever hires me, and when I, they do hire me, they don't show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, and and and, that, and that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm looking at it from from your perspective is might it make sense to say Joey is twenty five dollars an hour? Like you want to work with Joey Roach? He is twenty five dollars an hour. Now, if you, if, if the band, cause I'm, I'm sure you're open to, um, open to like recording a band in their space yeah. if they want. Right. Yep. If the band is, wants that kind of thing, you can facilitate that. Yep. Right. And then you give the band a list of, so here's what I want you to go rent to make this happen. Uh, or if you don't want to rent that, or if you don't want to rent that kind of stuff, we need to go to a studio and then we need to look at studio prices. Yeah. Right. And, and you being an engineer, you can always get the engineering rate at every studio. Yeah. Which is different than the client rate. I do have an engineering rate, which is higher than if I was to engineer here. So I don't necessarily tell people that that's how it works. Uh, but that's, that's, that's the beauty of it is if you have, if yeah like i i mean when you know i get into right. conversations where i'm talking about recording i am telling them that hiring me to record here is going to be cheaper than if we go somewhere else right well so 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 what about this um cuz i'm 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 always trying to simplify this but at the same time make it easier for a client to say, yes, I approve of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if it was, you had your, your, your flat rate and then you say, or, or you, you say it's always a minimum this much per day, right? Let's say it's two hours, it's $200 per day, or maybe it's $150 per day, whatever that is. It's a minimum that, and beyond X amount of hours, let's say beyond four hours or beyond six hours, I invoice you this much more per hour. And then I, the studio costs on top of that. But, does that just does, does that just make it too too complicated? It doesn't make it too complicated. I just I don't know. Bands are constantly doing the whole right. Try to spend as little as possible. You're trying to explain like your paying for experience and I understand you don't have money because you know we don't hear that enough as engineers <laughs> yeah yeah no one has enough money okay um so I don't know I, I have to so then maybe maybe it just makes sense and I mean this is all before the point where you have your own place, right? But maybe it just makes sense to 
to just say things like, um, this is your price. And that includes, and, and just, just be right up front. So my price is this, that includes myself and engineer or sorry, myself and the studio space. Uh huh. And then leave it at that. And, 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 and then you can, you can go into further detail about that if you want, but. Well, but, yeah, and that's the view is I get into further detail and I break down why it costs so much to record. Cause the, the biggest thing is when I do get questioned about my prices, they, they say, why is recording so much more expensive than mixing? And I have to tell them like the, the mixing mastering side of that, like my, my overhead to do that is so much lower than my overhead to record. Well, and, and, and that's, I yeah. actually make more money mixing and mastering than I do recording. Why don't you just have one price then? What do you, you know? And then, uh, well, I mean like not, not one price per, not like one price per song, but like one price per hour. You know, like you have, let's say it's, let's just say it's, it's, it's $50 per hour and that's your price. You take care of studio time in there. You take care of mixing time in there and editing time in that. And it's just one price easy for people to absorb. Yeah. I have to look at some of my pricing and stuff like that. Or, or just, just do this. Um, just have... Did you ever meet Patty Pease? I don't remember. Uh, Patty? No. So, so what he's what he's yes, I have what he started yeah, to do. He was in Long McQuaid not too long ago, like a couple cool. weeks ago. Cool. Does he, does he still have that epic beard? Like that's a manly he, that's a manly beard. He has a beard. I love I don't it. Remember? Okay, so I see too many people. <laughs> that's totally fair. <laughs> so, um, so what he started doing was he started uh, he started he decided that it was, it was worth his time to just have one fixed price for making you a song. And that included pre-production that included how the only the amount of recording time that he was Alec, excuse me, that he was allowing for that song. So he kept control of that. That included the editing time and that included the mixing time. And then of course, mastering was beyond yeah. that because it's usually someone else, but that that price, especially because he's he's controlling all those variables, and he, that makes sense though. If your clients are mostly musicians, and I have a, a I lot have hip hop guys, clients that are actual engineers and stuff like that. So really? I have to have yeah, yeah. Me and Tyson have been talking about my editing rates, which is a thing I have to think about. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like I have other engineers that will be like, how much is it to do this simple task? And then I have to like off the top of my head be like, well, you're already an engineer. So I can't be like, oh, it'll be this much. Because you'll just be like, oh, that's too much. Too much into my. Here's what you should do. You should you should just figure all that stuff out. Write it in a little like text file on your phone. Yeah. And I do have to okay. figure out like a lot of the, the small nitty gritty things for my engineer clients that just want me to do a simple editing job. But then I have to also have my cl my prices for the the musicians who want like a bulk package thing. 
that includes a lot of those you little should, tiny things. You should have all that stuff kind of worked out, man. I do have a lot of it worked out. I just every now and again a curveball comes my way, and I have to think off the top of my head. I don't think my website's up. No, I'm I'm, I'm looking for uh, for mine. Um, I'm I'm ready to launch. As of Friday, I was ready to launch the uh, the new editing audio work podcast uh, um, website. Yeah. And uh, great, it's not going to load. That's oh, what fucking thing? Whatever. So clearly, it's not ready. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I spent a lot of time based some on your advice, based some on other stuff, to to um, to figure out all of that stuff in advance and have and have everything listed out. Um, with what I consider fair fixed prices for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now my prices are going to be higher than yours, but mm. whatever. Right. That's fair. But I mean, like there's, it, it, I don't know. Just how I deal with clients to answer your question is, is if, random. Most of the time I know they're not going to hire me because too expensive and their buddy in their garage and I'll try to explain to them like I have actual expensive stuff that's right. available and do that whole marketing thing but yeah if at the end of the day their buddy who's offering them $50 a song and they're gonna record in a shitty garage with like $2 microphones see and those are the guys that those are the guys you gotta take their name take their number and Find out when that's happening so you can call them mid-process and say, hey, I just wanted to check in. How are you guys doing with that? I uh, I imagine it's a colossal fucking disaster. So how can I help? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I, I've, I've, I've had... I think I'm still bitter from Twilliger. So it's just like <laughs> any of those projects come my way and I'm just like, I don't want to go in another vanity project. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Especially if I, I like sometimes when somebody isn't hesitant to pay my rates, like they ask me a rate and then I go above my rate because I, I see that it's something I don't want to work with and they jump right. on it. And I try to find other ways to get out of it because I'm, I'm seeing that vanity project. There's nothing really wrong with vanity projects as long as they know they're, it's vanity projects. They're good for your wallet. Sure. Yeah. But once you're like in that world, like, Oh dude. And I mean, two thirds of what I do is vanity projects, right? I know. But at least your vanity projects have an end. Whereas the one I was in, it was like, I was, you're talking about Twilliger. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, you, you're, you're, you're basing, you're basing too much of your current perspective on that colossal Mess. disaster. Yeah. Yeah. And you need you need to find a way to to take a step back from that. I suppose because most most projects, vanity or not, they do have an end, and they do find some sort of resolution. And most of them are not as disastrous as that guy was. Like that was that was a that was a nightmare. Like any way you look at that, that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare. I feel My, sorry for the guy who well. Great guy. 
who's currently doing that job. <laughs> but I definitely feel sorry for him. <laughs> he, he comes into Long McQuaid every now and again, and I ask him things, and he's like, yeah, it is frustrating, but it it's pays working. me 30 bucks an hour plus mm. travel. <laughs> Which, I mean, to... that's what I was getting was like, and well, actually, no, at the end when he fired me, I was getting like, 50, 60 bucks an hour plus travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, so, so I mean, it was really good for my paycheck at, at the end there. You just, but you just, I was trying to price myself out to like get fired. <laughs> but, and I succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, I was trying. Uh, to get out of that project. So I, I just priced myself out of it. And then afterwards, I've, I've been very wary of the people who are willing to spend money or willing to spend more than what I actually want for a job. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I still I don't think... want to get in that again where I'm spending like a year just recording songs that won't do anything ever <laughs> okay so how much how much audio work have you done in the last year last year not including your own vanity projects <laughs> my own vanity project which is due next week by the way <laughs> all right well I'm you're just gonna write three chords there you go <laughs> <laughs> can we play it on the show sure okay Da, da, da. Uh, you, you, there you go. There's your song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to have we'll have to have like a like a um, uh, a listener response to whether that qualifies or not. It's three because no, it, it, it it does. I was going to say chords, but I, I <laughs> they're really just notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the next thing. I I tried to get over here to our to our list because I know I have it. I didn't. I forgot to bring it up before. Um, let's take a look at this. Um, oh yeah! Fuck. I had a I had a first. I had a first. I've been going through because of the new the new online site. Um, I've been going through and and revising all of my um, revising and updating all of my uh, song samples. Yeah, uh, all the samples of my work, right? And so I've been contacting everybody again, even people that had given me permission before. Um, been contacting everybody again to re ask, and um, there's certainly some more that I haven't talked to. Anyway, so there's one band that has. Uh, broke broke up about a year ago now, right? And they've all went on went in separate different separate directions. So I, I contacted them all individually to ask to make sure I get all their permission, right? Because yeah. I don't no one guy represents the whole band. Anyway, right. so so two guys write back and they're like, "Yeah, man, that's totally cool. Just as as long as you're giving us credit um, for what we did on the song, that's totally cool." And 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 you know, two of the guys were like that. The other, the third guy in the band, and the band was really good. Like I was really excited about, it was kind of, 
kind of like sleeping in traffic. There's it's, it's rock, but it's complex and intricate and, and okay. proggy. Um, but really well written and really well done. Right. And then they blend in some punk. Okay. It, it was, it was just a, it was just a really cool project. Um, anyway, so, so the one guy writes back, he says, he says, Hey, great to hear from you. It's, um, what did he say? How about this? Cause I, I just asked, is it cool if I have permission to use your song, um, on my website, a sample of my work. Right. And I don't actually have to ask permission because it's my work. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm displaying my work. I'm not displaying their songwriting. Yes. Um, but it's a courtesy, right? Yep. Anyway. So, so he says, how about this? I'm about to do some recording and we could really use two to three hours to record some vocals. So how about we, how about in exchange for my permission? You record me for two hours, like yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah. Which is, that's, that's 120, 180 bucks, right? Yeah. That seems a lot of money just to exactly go off your work. Right. And so, so I, um, I replied with that exact thing and say, Hey, listen, uh, great to hear you're doing good. Really excited about your new recording because I'm trying to be political about it. But I don't think that's I don't think that's good value for me at all. That's um, uh, your one song for the number of times that people are actually going to listen to it on my site isn't worth 120 bucks, right? Um, maybe we can talk about something else, but but this isn't uh, this isn't something that I'm that I'm interested. I will just remove your song from my list and I won't use it. Right. And he writes back, okay, no problem. <laughs> Thanks for the well wishers. <laughs> like, fuck. They, they, I, I just, I'd never expected that. Cause in the seven years that I've been, that I've been, that I've been hosting samples of my work <laughs> online, no <laughs> one's ever said, people have said no. Yeah. And I totally get that. Yeah. You know, like they don't want their, I, I totally that's get that. actually probably thinking about it. It's kind of clever on his part of just like, Hey, in exchange for me letting you use my song, you should record me. It's, it's kind of clever. I it's, know the answer as being on this side of things. It's just like, why? No, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. But at the perspective of like being in a band and like wanting to record something, maybe trying to save as much money as possible. It's just like, Oh, this guy who recorded a record I was on a couple of years ago is getting a hold of me. Let's see if I can yeah. get some time out of him. Yeah, and, and my, my reaction to that was actually pretty, like I was pretty insulted by that. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I mean, it, it, after some reflection, I can, I can see, I can see him being just kind of ignorant to the value of things or. Yeah. He it probably whatever. was pretty ignorant to the right? value of. Um, but yeah, I was, I was super insulted at the time and. I could see that. It'd yeah. probably be one of those. If I got an email like that, it'd probably be something that I'd have to go back to. Cause probably my initial reaction would be very good to respond with. Right. Which I mean, I'm pretty good at avoiding <laughs> my initial reaction. <laughs> so there's been plenty of times where I've reacted initially and then like I come back and I read the initial message again and I'm like, oh shit. 
<laughs> yeah. This is, of course, like all, most of that. The last time that has happened to me where I've went back and said, oh, shit, was like back in the days where I was not sleeping ever. Mm. Yeah. Grumpy Joey. I'm still grumpy. Yeah. Now you're now you're more cynical, Joey. Less yeah. grumpy. More yeah. cynical. Cynical. Yeah. I sleep at least once a day. <laughs> <laughs> How long? Well, we don't know, but <laughs> Mary <laughs> thinks it's not long enough. Well, it's probably clinically not long enough. I don't know. Uh, according to like some of the research papers that I've read, it's there is no clinically proper amount of time you're supposed to sleep. Because some people can function just fine off of three hours, whereas others need eight or ten. But just like body temperature, there are accepted averages, right? Yeah. And I mean, you are well I was the definitely... Below that, well, I'm probably like getting closer to the average, but I'm probably in the low average. Yeah, yeah, I've been getting like four hours of sleep minimum. That's not bad as a minimum, considering you're coming from two hours of sleep a week at best. (laughs) It wasn't a week, but no. (laughs) Although there were times where I was like stay awake for three days and sleep for maybe five hours. Yeah. And then do it all over again. Yeah. So it's significantly better than that. <laughs> having having a job with that kind of regular regular schedule certainly helps you with that. I know you were you were uh, already trending poly, like in, in better sleep habits and and that kind of thing before before the new job, but yeah. Well, even the pizza job, I was. Trending to some sleep habits. Well, again, they like that's having a job, right? Prior to the pizza job, you were you were literally living off of your audio work, and yeah. it was it was some work here, some work there, a lot of long stretch of time with no work, and then it sucked. And collecting yeah. government checks. Yeah, right. And and it's really hard to keep a to keep a any sort of healthy rhythm with that. And the time before that, it was McDonald's where I had weird schedule where sometimes <laughs> I had to be awake all night and other times I'm working like 7 a.m. Uh, not necessarily, no, like 10 a.m. till huh. whatever time in the right. afternoon. Lunch rush. But other times it's like 10 p.m. until 6 a.m. There was a long stretch of time where that's the that's the shift I I wanted to find at some job like before the studio was was sustaining itself you know i wanted a like give me a tim hortons job where i, I remember I start at 11 and i finish at five <laughs> you know yeah i remember yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad i got past that because i would not have not have appreciated that at all not of i wouldn't have enjoyed that at all i'd appreciate the money but yeah but now the studio is self-supporting. The studio is self-supporting, and the um, podcast is over. The podcast. Yeah. Um, so how do we do? The well, looks like I clipped. Um, I should almost listen to these, but I guess we're gonna go. Uh, same time next week. Yeah, right on. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Yeah. Follow our hosts on Twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realized at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.